is the Counterculture Comic Podcast, and this week it's all about bidding a mixed farewell to that wonderful asshole that was 2015. And if you haven't guessed it already, we'll probably talk about a lot about Star Wars for over half the damn thing. I'm Nick Hemsing. And I'm Brock Beauchamp. Yes, Star Wars came out, but we will cover that at the end of the podcast so we can say spoilers, turn off the podcast if you don't want to hear about a movie that you haven't watched yet and i would ask why haven't you seen this movie but that's a topic for another day time and for your therapists yeah and really that's something you should resolve quietly in the privacy of your own yeah it's kind of like a it's kind of like a rash that needs a topical cream you you really should take get that looked at yeah but uh there were some trailers before star wars um that I think most everybody saw. Um, they're making a Independence Day sequel. Shoot me now. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't mind it. I, I, I hated you know, that movie. I didn't. I had fun with it. You um, know, it was just I was willing. so completely illogical and nonsensical at points. Oh, it's it was it was it was schlocky. It didn't make yeah. any sense, but it was uh, it was enter- it was entertaining. Uh, it was an entertaining excuse to eat popcorn. Yeah, and you you have an easier time uh, with movies like that than I do. Like, I remember when the 1990s Godzilla came out. Oh, yeah. I watched it and said, oh, my God, this is the worst movie I've seen in years. And your, and your response was, I believe, Godzilla destroyed New York. That's really what I wanted to see. Yeah, and I it wanted, happened. I- yeah, exactly as I wanted to see. A, all I wanted, wanted from that movie was to see a giant lizard trash New York. That's what I saw. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> if you set the bar that low, the movie can succeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly willing to say that I, I will set the bar low for movies often. Um, and then um, Gods of Egypt had another trailer. Oh, Christ, that looks like another shit show. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I can't set my bar that low. First I mean, of all, how first you... of all, gods of gods of e- Egypt being overrun by white guys for some reason I can't not remove that from my brain. I just I couldn't believe it because when it came out and you know the internet went into outrage mode as it's so good at doing, the creators basically apologized for it and they seemed a bit surprised. Mm-hmm. And I just sat back and thought, and I said, you're making a movie that is literally titled Gods of Egypt, and you didn't think that maybe it shouldn't be an entirely white cast? Yeah. I mean... How can I, you I, be so oblivious? I, how could you not even schlock it up and hire uh, and hire Hispanic a- a- actors? Yeah, I mean, what's Diamond Phillips doing? Yeah, you didn't even try to meet them. Like you didn't even try to be the uh, be the, take the racist halfway approach, yeah. You know, and find other people that you thought might look like them, <laughs> even though they really don't to them. They just, in your eyes, have darker skin yeah. and black hair. They're brown, um, therefore they're all the they're same. brown. They must be related. And um, by the way, the Lou Diamond Phillips uh, comment was a joke, everyone, because he yeah. was famously cast as uh, oh the La Bamba guy. Drawn a blank on his name, and Richie Valens, of course, Richie is not Valens, Hispanic. Yeah. Or Richie I Valens. I mean, Richie Valens is Hispanic. Lou Diamond Phillips is not. Wow. Okay. Where is Lou Diamond Phillips from? I guess I, I believe he's Sorry. Native American. 
Oh, all right. Well, there you go. But I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Least of all, you, you, but you actually give what credit? At least some credit there. They at least have the some few thousand, you know, yeah. uh, thousand years ago. They actually have some connected heritage. Yeah, if you go back like ten or fifteen thousand years, there there's some well, mixing they, going on there. Well, they do. They have the same. They they have one of the at least they have of the three different skull types. They have the same skull type. Science. Science. Now, <laughs> take the take. Now take the uh, uh, Hispanics and Egyptians. Not so much. Not, not even the same. Uh, just just dark and dark and and black hair. So yeah, but you know, it's Hollywood, and for some reason they couldn't even make that halfway gesture, you know, that half half racist gesture. It didn't even surprise me that they did it. What amazed me is that the movie producers creators directors whatever were somehow seems surprised because <laughs> it's something we expected it's it's something that you that would have been normal 60 years ago yeah absolutely back when you know mickey rooney or i think it was mickey rooney or rooney whatever um played the asian guy in breakfast at tiffany's which might be the most racist like two minutes of film ever put on a celluloid yeah. Well, and and it's just, but everybody who was a of a different race in like the in, in the early days of film, almost all of them was was some white guy in. Oh yeah, for sure. In 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 various stages of of uh, skin darkening makeup. So I mean, I mean, and you're like, okay, all right, that was also sixty, even seventy, eighty years ago now. But. You know, you'd think we kind of would have got past that. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about a couple of trailers that didn't suck. X-Men okay. Apocalypse. Um, I really love what Fox is doing with the X-Universe. And they kind of rebooted everything with First Class and the way they wove them together in Days of Future Past. Uh, Apocalypse looks like more the same, and I'm all on board. They seem to be the only company that isn't Marvel that really has their uh, plan locked down well, and is executing it it's schizophrenic though because they had they also had uh fantastic four. <laughs> oh, i th- that's right that is fox isn't it i thought i'm it was a almost different- positive yeah. uh i i you know now that you make it i've double checked but i am almost positive that uh, fantastic four is fox hmm. well let's find out shall we uh well but anyway go on with the trailer um yeah uh it's bringing back all the characters. Uh, Xavier finally loses his hair, which I'm... Yeah, it's Fox. Yeah, it's Fox. Um, wow, what a difference there, huh? But mm-hmm. Xavier finally loses his hair, which I find somewhat disappointing. I knew it had to happen at some point, but I was really enjoying the James McAvoy hippie. Uh, hippie Xavier? Yeah, hippie Xavier is kind of great. And, you know... Based on, I loved First Class. It's one of my favorite superhero movies, period. Um, I liked Days of Future Past a lot. And I'm just hoping they kind of continue more of the same. They've got Apocalypse, who can control mutants. And they're bringing back the cast. They're adding Storm, um, Archangel, uh, Nightcrawler's coming back. So they're, they continue to tap the well of the original X-Men trilogy while continuing to ignore the travesty that was the third film, mm-hmm. which is really a best-case scenario for what they could do with what had come before. 
Yeah. Oh, and we get to uh, the uh, and it gets to keep uh, Marvel from muddying up the other uh, the advent the Avengers movies with mutants. Yeah. Which I consider a plus. I do as well. Uh, the X universe is too confusing. It needs to stand by itself, basically. Yes. Because it is such a... As we saw in Days of Future Past, that's part of the reason why I love the movie so much, is that because it it tongue-in-cheek goes along with the just ridiculous timeline confusion that is the uh, comic book universe. And that simply doesn't work if you involve anything outside that universe. It's, it's the time travel thing we've talked about multiple times. If you try to tell a world story of time travel... It does not work. It breaks. Yep. That's Always why breaks. Doctor Who works. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 think about it too much. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, and uh, it, it usually works best if you have no control or very little control. Mm-hmm. So the uh, but yeah, it, it looks like it looks like fun. Um, we'll uh, we'll see if uh, they keep the quality, but the. Uh, they have a strong cast, so yeah. I mean, the cast is fantastic. Everybody, and they just keep adding more new names. You know, Halle Berry is not Storm. That's a win for everybody, <laughs> except Halle Berry. But thanks for Halle Berry. <laughs> the uh, so yeah, it's it should be fun. Um, the uh, what else? Oh, I did see the expanded um, uh, Batman v Superman trailer. I think I watched that. I've watched a few ba- Batman vs. Superman trailers. It just kills me that Superman doesn't get top billing in his own movie. <laughs> I mean, what are you guys doing over there, Time Warner? Come on. It just... Uh, the uh, the new trailer uh, spills something that they, they, it's, it, almost, that they never should have. That that shows um, the two of them fighting on the same side. Oh yeah. So they basically decided that there is nothing, and and the uh, and showed uh, and showed Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, okay, uh, that one. Yeah, I have seen that one for sure. So all the tension that they were kind of like building up elsewhere, they kind of destroyed. <laughs> All the tension that was already telling me that I didn't that, that it yeah, wasn't all the be a faux great movie, tension all the faux tension that told me it wasn't going to be a great movie was destroyed by them not uh, kind of telling me what's going to happen later in the movie anyway. I just don't um, understand why um, movie studios didn't figure this out years ago, but what Disney did with episode seven was just perfect. They said, you know these characters. You know, and you have an idea of what the story is going to be about. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to play on your emotions. Uh, yes. Brian Singer also did it for Days of Future Past trailer, where it was just Xavier talking to Wolverine and himself. Um, you know, don't don't tell us what's going to happen in the movie. We know the characters. We're excited about seeing the characters. Use our emotions to drive us wanting to see the film. Don't show us what's going to happen. Yes. I would have said more about 
exactly what we're going to talk about Star Wars, but I'll wait for our spoiler area yeah. of the. But yes, um, so anyway, I, I, the, tra- the trailer did not ins- inspire additional confidence. No, nothing in that, nothing I've seen about that movie has inspired confidence at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unfortunate because I like almost everybody in it. So, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of comic book movies are being made. I don't really give a shit if one of them sucks, and this one <laughs> kind of looks like it's going to because. You know what? Captain America Civil War looks awesome. So It does. Um, so w- there was one more trailer you wanted yeah. to talk about. Uh, we're going to give a shout out to uh, the Zootopia trailer, which is both good and bad. I will not be seeing the movie because the movie cannot live up to the trailer. It's, uh, it's shown before Star Wars, and it's about what if animals controlled the world, basically. And it's about these two animals one's a fox and one's a something else and they go into the dmv and the dmv is operated by sloss and you really just have to watch it google it find the trailer i've seen star wars twice so i've seen this trailer twice it absolutely killed both times it is maybe the funniest trailer i've ever seen it is in one hand i laughed i looked at it i said this is really funny. And then I, on the other hand, I went, racism is funny. <laughs> what was racist about it? Because I, I didn't pick up on every, any. Every animal, every time animals use, animals are used instead of people. Mm-hmm. They are all stereotypes based on the animal. So was they, one they, of the police officers so, the, so you have a the the the, the sloths are exactly are, are put in there because sloths are slow, right? Yeah, that is. I mean, that is to me a metaphor for racism. That you use an animal that is known for something to be to fill in a slot in society when you make oh, them wow. keep animal inst- animals instead of people. That's an interesting way to look at it. I never, I never thought of kind of flipping it into actual like species portrayal. I mean, obviously, like the Nemodians in the prequels were horribly racist because they all spoke. They were a trade federation and all spoke in thick Asian accents. Um, well, but the, the, I never thought. Look at, of, yeah, look at that trailer. The fox is kind of a trickster. Yeah, but the, it's, I mean, I, I suppose. I'm just, say, I'm just, I'm just saying that they, they, they. I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong because I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong because it, it, it's, it's probably not. It's, it doesn't make a. It allows for because people know the animals. It allows them to do a quick sort of, yeah, assessment of what that character is going to be. Mm-hmm. But the uh when you never see any of those animals doing other things it can't it is kind of a metaphor for us racism well it's it's based upon the same uh staple that fuels racism and that's stereotyping yes so now it it doesn't mean that it can't be it can't be funny 
Mm-hmm. And the uh, it's funny, but it is in it, it's it's weird way. I kind of yeah yeah um, yeah. It would it would be <clears throat> it'd be so much even better if we didn't do that in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I can see. So you're you're drawing a very large allusion to racism and the roots of racism. And okay, I got it. But anyway, yes. back to the trailer. Seeing a sloth go from sleepy eyed <laughs> to laughing over the course of maybe five to seven seconds. Is pure comedy gold. Yes. It's really it's, funny. It is great. It's a great trailer. But the trailer's so good that I don't know if I want to see the movie because the movie can't possibly live up to it. Yeah, probably not because they, they crystallized the moment. Yeah, they sure did. But Okay, let's. Uh, we are running real long here. So let's jump on over to our best of books. And uh, the way it's going to work... Nick and I just very loosely talked about this. We're going to pick a book in an artificial category, and we already we did something similar last year to highlight some of the points of books we liked or did not like and the reasons why. So I'll start. And the book with the best use of the word kegel goes to Sex Criminals, which we read way back in maybe January or February. And this, uh, yeah, that was like the fourth book we did. Yeah, uh, this was one of the this is one of the best books we read overall. But the subject material and the sexual exploration and the humor and it's just a very mature book in all the right ways. And Matt Fraction continues to be one of my favorite authors. He killed it on Hawkeye. Uh, he's killing it in Sex Criminals. It's one of the best writers going in comics right now. I mean, he can tie real emotion and real-world situations and do it in a funny and enlightening way in a way that um, most writers can't. I'm a huge fan of this book. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, Sex Criminals overall was a was a a really interesting way to weave in something that could be done horribly wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those subject matters where you're really, I shouldn't say you're fighting an uphill battle because you shouldn't, but we are a pure puritanical society. And this subject matter could be handled with such um, immaturity and it would completely destroy the concept Yeah, and it helps to it, it, the. It is also one of those that helps to tell it from the uh, where the main character is from the female perspective, mm-hmm. um, because the uh, it adds it does make it uh, a little bit more complex to do it that way. Um, a lot of times when you when you tell it from if you try and tell it from the male perspective, um, you end up trying too hard not to be schlocky. Yeah. Um, the uh, versus the female perspective is is probably a little bit easier to add nuance that people aren't used to seeing. Yeah, very much so. And um, on that note, Matt Fraction is obviously a man, so writing it from the female perspective is an additional challenge to him, and he, he at least in my opinion, pulls it off with a plum. Yeah. So it was, it was a good book. It's a good book. Okay. Uh, let's see what you got now. All right. I have uh, 
comic that made me uh, that most made me wish I was a large black woman named Penny, uh, <laughs> and that was uh, Bitch Planet. Yes, and there's a crossover for me. This is my best attempt to piss off men's rights activists. Yes, uh, it was probably my. Uh, I looking over all the other books we did, I have a hard time picking a a, a favorite, but this mm-hmm. is one of my favorites for the year. Yep. Um, I I loved that it made no apologies. Um, the uh, I loved that it, it basically went straight for the jugular, uh, saying, "This is how people feel treated," and. You know, here's here here's your here's your beautiful life that you want, you asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, the uh, characters the characters were great. Um, the uh, the action in the story was great. Um, the uh, Penny beating up guards, fighting guards in the background of the treadmills is one of my favorite scenes uh, in comics I've ever seen. Um, the uh, even though she's not the main focus of the action, she's just back there, and you just see them all trying to jump on her. Um, yeah, that and, scene is pr- particularly great. So uh, there's just a, and that's just a visual moment, but the story is uh, is this the story is great and uh, and does not uh, does not attempt any half measures. No. Uh, and I appreciate that. It and it does a very and it tells a. Um, somewhat compelling story while it's taking casual and overt sexism to task. Yes. I mean, just everything about the book is a plus number one. Yes. It would have been, it would have been a, if it wasn't so goddamn entertaining, it it would have been, it would have been a, uh, it just would have been kind of obnoxious commentary. Yep. But since it's so damn entertaining, you, you have the fact that one is very good. And two, it it, it kind of goes, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You get that, you know, just about ha- a second and a half of laughter before you're like, oh, that one kind of stung, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad for laughing. I mean, because I mean, it, it is funny, but ouch. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I, it's one of my favorite books of the year. Yeah, both those books, uh, both Sex Criminals and Bitch Planet, do a great job of walking a tightrope. Yes. Um, and they're they're probably my two favorite books of 2015 that we read. Good stuff. All right. So what's your next category that uh, I probably stole from you? No. Uh, best attempt by a respected author to make Brock swear off his books forever. This goes to <laughs> God is Dead, Jonathan Hickman. I love the Manhattan Projects, but Christ. Wow. And I, 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 this, by the way, this falls into one of my categories, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's your category? Well, it's a tie. There's, I have a category that's a tie. It's a comics that made me the most happy that we do a podcast where I can torture Brock. <laughs> right. Um, that's uh, probably going to overlap with one of my later categories as well because I did create like five because I thought there might be some overlap. Because uh, the other comic that was in there is Princess Leia. Yep, that's coming later, man. That's coming okay. later. Okay. All right. All right. We, we have a lot yeah. of overlap. <laughs> uh, but God is Dead is a terrible book. I mean, in every that's, way. that's not something I just throw around with. And people say things like worse, terrible, horrible, far too often in modern society. Because it's either the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. There's very little middle. Hyperbole is, uh, yeah. the, is, the flavor that, is the flavor of coffee that America drinks most. Yep. But this book is terrible. 
uh, there is no redeeming quality. I tried to find one. It's incomprehensible. It's poorly drawn. It's poorly written. It's paced horribly. I mean, just, I mean, we six issues and we still don't know who the fucking story is about. It I'm, is, this sounds funny to say, it's anarchy without a plan. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually a fantastic way of summing it up. And if you've read the book, that makes all the sense in the world. But you know what? We do not need to give this book any more airtime. Oh, no. Oh, no. We could give it as much time as you want. Uh, The amount of pain that I was able to inflict on you by uh, forcing you to read that piece of crap. It was delicious. Uh, we, we have a few more pinatas coming. So let's. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Going. We can move on. We move on. I, I just said I, 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 I came a little. <laughs> <laughs> next. Yep. My, is it my next category? Yep. yep. All right. Uh, a comic that made me most ashamed that I can't think like a kid anymore. Ooh. Okay. And that was Go- Ghostopolis. Oh right, okay, yeah. Uh, I I really love this. The I really love the story. I really love everything, and everything that I wanted added into the story was something that I wanted as an adult, and probably wouldn't have cared as much about as a kid. I wanted, you know, I wanted more, a little bit more explanation, a little bit more connections between two different, you know, scenes and and, and actions, where the story was actually just a really tight compact story for that you know that was really meant for kids um yeah absolutely and it it, it, you know i think for kids it 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 keeps it together and 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 makes sure that the that nobody gets bored um so i really like the book and uh i would have liked the book even more if i was a kid the uh um, so I had to be honest when we were reading that. I said, I, I, this is meant for kids, and so I have to really try not to ding it for something that I want as an adult that might have ruined the experience for kids. Yeah, absolutely. It, it <clears throat> tells a very tight, focused story and keeps it very, I mean, I hate to use the word superficial, but in a way it is. Uh, it kind of breezes over concepts that you would like to see explored as an adult, but we're not its target market and it does a wonderful job of doing what it's trying to do. Okay. We don't read many, uh, many kids books, but, uh, and no, it, it, yeah, we don't. And, and a, lo- a lot of it is just because, uh, we, a lot of these other books we're reading really appeal more to us as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're what attract our eye. And there are a lot of kids books out there that we probably could take a look at. Um, the uh, in fact, I, I get a number of them free from work, um, including in an Adventure Time comic. Um, the uh, and I think they even have an Invader Zim comic now. Oh, okay. So, uh, and we could take a look at them sometimes, but you know, there's so much out there that uh, we don't tend to wander into that territory. Okay, uh, I'm up next, right? Yep, that's you. Okay, best book for stopping. And screaming a Darth Vader, no, <laughs> goes to Princess Leia. Ah. <laughs> and what was your category for Princess Leia? It was also in the comics that made me most happy. We do a podcast where I can torture Brock. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> um, this book was so disappointing because Princess Leia 
is maybe the best character in the original trilogy because she faces more adversity than anybody else. She continues, you know, doing her damn job. And she's just She has great. all the confidence. Yeah, she I you know, she's just full steam ahead. We're doing this. It's rock and roll. And in this book, she's bitchy. Um everyone treats her with no respect. Uh, I mean, they're, they're dismissive of her and they just hate her. Where, as somebody who's read so much Star Wars and including almost every uh, piece of new canon that has come out, which is maybe like six or eight books at this point, Princess Leia is treated almost with reverence in every other story. And for good reason. She's like 17 or 18 years old. She is captured... She's one of the leaders of the rebellion. She's captured, taken to the Death Star. She's she watches her home planet and family be destroyed. And as a response, she escapes the Death Star, gets the plans, formulates a plan that ultimately destroys it and wins. I mean, everybody would be like, "Whoa. That girl is some serious business right there." Yeah. She bitch in the in the end, she bitch slaps Tarkin. Yeah, exactly. And this book just, I mean, she's insecure. She's bitchy. Uh, yeah, I. it's just not Princess Leia. It, it does not make any sense within the continuity of Star Wars and what people have come to know as the character. It was just horribly disappointing. And yeah, well, and it also comes off of uh, two weeks before we had read, read Darth Vader. Yeah, the first the first issue of Darth Vader, which ended up being a masterpiece compared to Princess Leia. Yeah, and, but but they had made several choices in Darth Vader too that were not good. No. Um, the uh, trying to make Darth Vader look like he was in over his head at some point, or might be in danger at some point, which was silliness. Yeah. Uh, it came off every bit as stupid as it looked. <laughs> um, the uh, and then, then and then they made Leia and, and then they actually tried to take Le- Leia down a peg, which you know there was no. This it's almost like there never should have been any loss of momentum for Leia. I mean, she's a character that suffers setbacks, but not, but uh, but does not, but does not give up. No, she's the. You know, she's quintessential royalty. Yes. She faces adversity. She might lose. That doesn't stop her. She's going to keep doing what she's going to keep doing because it's the right thing to do. She's what every fairy tale fairy tale story, you know, Arthurian legend, um, you know, is about. It's about, you know, maybe getting slapped down and losing occasionally, but you keep – you pick yourself back up and you get right back at it. And that's what she does through – three films which span four years and then this is just completely out of it takes a giant shit on all of it it does it does and i was going to actually give this a dual prize to this to both princess leia and darth vader but princess leia continues being crap for five issues darth vader starts to rapidly improve okay and and even the first issue of each Princess Leia was worse, so I I had to just give it to Princess Leia. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
And and by the way, by that point, we that point I, I was getting this exquisite high <laughs> off of watching you be disappointed by Star Wars comic after Star Wars comic. So uh, I was having fun. Yeah, I bet you were. I, I was. It was a good time. It Do you have really any left? Uh, I didn't. I was. Uh, uh, I, I was uh, thinking of uh, adding a category, which was. Uh, uh, comic that made reminded me that they need to get their act together and make the goddamn movies or series or do fucking something what's that the dark tower oh yeah well they are now so yeah yeah i i i I, until i see it it does not exist (laughs) it does not exist (laughs) that's fair there's been a lot of news it has been 10 years (laughs) it's been canceled started and stopped several times so you know i'm i'm i'll wait I'll wait until I'll wait until the contracts are written before I get excited. Sure, uh, I'll throw in one honorary mention: best reboot that Brock and Nick didn't know was a reboot, oh. which was Prez. It was oh, originally it was yeah, it was originally a short run book in seventy three and seventy four by Joe Joe Simon and Jerry Graninetti. You know huh. the whole Nixon era and all the corruption and. Yeah. yeah, so they revived that idea. That's why it's a DC book. Oh, uh, I guess that fills in the hole of why it actually why yeah. it was actually a full a DC print. Yeah. But I thought that was a fun note. So, do we want to jump over to Force Awakens? Yes. Spoilers. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie and don't want to know what's going to happen, turn the podcast off now because we're going to ruin everything. Yeah, and if you skip past anything past this morning. And here's spoilers. It's on you. So, yeah. you know, and you haven't seen the movie, then, you know, then what are you even doing listening to us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Nick and I have both seen it twice. Except for Ed. Ed hasn't seen it yet. Oh, my God. That's pathetic. I'm going to have to kick him out of our Star Wars game. I, I know. I know. Because uh, we're talking about it. He has to see it before we play again. Oh, Christ. Um, so actually the whole Force Awakens thing gives me an idea about our role-playing game, but we'll talk about that later, obviously. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I did not love it the first time. I liked it a bit more the second time. The, the overbearing nostalgia started to weigh on me, especially when it got to the Starkiller base. A little too much Death Star. That was literally just a rehash of the first first Death Star battle. And first off, I I, I never need to see another Death Star variant in Star Wars. Mm. I mean, that idea has kind of been put to bed, in my opinion. There was somebody who told the joke that said, uh, said, whoever is working for the Empire, any of those guys who said, whose idea is, yeah, we need to keep building this big thing that destroys planets. Somebody needs to fire that guy. Well, it's uh, like after I watched it the second time, I turned to my wife and I said, did the White Star line said our mistake was that we didn't build the Titanic big enough. (laughs) I think that somewhere there's a uh, there's a a Darth bro, (laughs) you know, he's the the, the, he's the first guy to ever go around in a lifted Star Destroyer. (laughs) And and he was the first one to propose that we just need to make this gun, but like really, really big. It's really big, be bro. Extreme. Really big. 
It's going to be the most extreme gun ever. And then he, you know, goes into light speed to the, to the sound of metal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that idea is just, you know, we've seen it. We've been there. We've done it. Uh, let's just uh, move on. And that, the first time through, I actually got annoyed during that scene. Because, as we'll talk about later, I'm sure, I wanted to see Luke. And rehashing a scene that I've already seen and I already know the entire outcome of, almost scene for scene, that wasn't filling any kind of warmth in my heart at that point because I'd already seen Han and Chewie and Leia and 3PO and R2. And there had been so many throwbacks and callbacks to the original trilogy in Star Wars universe that, you know, my, my nostalgia quotient had been met. And now I want to see new characters. I want to see new things. I want to find out what was happening. And the Starkiller base scene just took me out of the movie the first time. Second time, I knew it was coming. So I was able to kind of brace myself and be like, whatever. This is just going to happen. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts overall? Um, I thought the uh, so the so to talk about the only thing that I that I wanted wanted more of is I wanted a little bit more character. Um, I wanted a little bit more time for characters to interact. Mm-hmm. Just some, maybe like fifteen to twenty minutes more in the movie, like spread out. I mean, in between the movie, um, the uh, the uh, it. But uh, I was a big fan overall. Uh, the only character I want, the one character that I thought was uh, that came off too light, like you do, you barely see this person for how important they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. is Poe. Yeah, yeah, he just didn't get as much screen time as he felt the character needed, and he needed it for as much importance that he basically seems to carry. He, you needed to be able to. Uh, have some time to uh, to some time to build an affection for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, he never appears long enough for you to th- he he appears in this weird gray area where he's there enough for you to know that he's important, but he's not there and long enough for you to care. Yeah, and he starts off really strong, and the line. Do you talk first? Do I talk first? Who talks first? I was confused here. <laughs> is great. I mean, yes. it's just so perfect. It's yeah, it, it, it is great because especially you know he's talking. He, I mean, for a guy, for a character that is basically supposed to be able to stare death in the face and try to make death blink, mm-hmm. you know, he needed a little bit more time. Yeah. Um. Because uh, so that that was the only dis- that was the only real disappointment I had. Um, otherwise, I thought that when they when they brought in characters that were basically sort of mirrors from New Hope, um, they did a really good job. They did, uh, and they made them uniquely interesting. Yeah, BB BB eight BB eight was a BB eight was R two um, with R two with more mobility. R two with more mobility and a lot more friendliness. There's a much yeah, yeah. more innocence where there's this jaded sarcasm that goes with R two. And BB-8 is kind of the bright-eyed optimist version of him, which I thought There's was a great touch. The simple exchange where uh, the simple exchange where Finn is trying to convince BB-8 to tell the where the location of the the resistance base is. Yeah, 
I every time I look at it, I said I could watch this scene over and oh, over. Oh, it's so just, good! It's just so because good. just because of the animation of BBA. Yep. Because he's look he, he looks back looks he looks back and it, and it's this little the way that he does it the way that they had him move, um, like he really doesn't know. Oh, it's masterful! <laughs> they, it's they actually do a really good job of it, and then and then the, then the really quick thank you gives thumbs up, and then like and the torch <laughs> comes out and gives a the thumbs torch up. comes out. It's just <laughs> beautiful. It was a it, it was a, a, a great scene that was uh, uh, just it, it, it supplied the uh, little amount of humor that the that the story needed to really keep going, and I think that was the other thing that it got right was the. It got the little bit of snarky humor that should be in Star Wars, yep. or that little bit of quick humor that needs to be there. That's that action movie humor, yep. um, dispersed at the right points um, yep. by the right characters. Um, the uh, uh, like when, when Han turns to chewing, goes, "Oh, so you're cold." <laughs> it's just one of those little outtakes where the entire audience starts laughing, and. Yep. Yeah, it hit those notes consistently throughout the movie, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that the, the most important thing that they did was they made a very strong statement that says, none of this is, this is a, we are going to pick up exactly where the, the four, five, and six took, 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 uh, left off in terms of um, the feel, the world feel. So the, uh, it is going to feel like the, those three movies um, the first order is going to feel like the empire mm-hmm. um, the resistance is going to feel like the rebellion the um, the ships and everything are going to feel like the the last three movies um, the practical effects are uh, the practical effects nailed the feel of Star Wars oh, so much in fact so much so that every time you saw a CG character you were jarred out and like, and you'd only see him for a split second, uh, piloting an X-wing or something like that, and it would snap you out of the movie for just a split second because you were so comfortable with everything else that was being shown. Yeah, least of all, I mean, the uh, uh, I did appreciate the the uh, they were sparing in their use of people riding on things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like one character who rides on the slowest freaking animal in the desert which i loved because the moment that character appeared on screen i went this is star wars because star wars inherently does not make sense it's not science (laughs) it's not science fiction it's space opera science fantasy whatever you want to call it it's not science fiction because it does not intend to explain anything and that's where george went wrong with the midichlorians yeah yes thankfully thankfully explanations are gone from uh, yeah, from uh, this one, and the uh, because of that, the moment you look too closely at anything in Star Wars, it kind of falls apart. The only the uh, I had a really hard time with Kylo Ren. I see. I loved him. I thought he was okay, but there's there's a I I had a hard time, and this is the first time I saw it. I think I got better the second time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I kind of got uh, I've kind of had trouble with his. With his almost teenager bitch face, you know that that he was he was basically he comes off as being like a snotty kid when he takes off the helmet. 
Um, oh yeah, and and uh, it, it it was a little t- it was just a little tough for me. Um, so I I I really tried to uh, not let that bother me, um, and that was better the second time around. See, I um, really it, enjoyed that. That's what made me like the character because he's a petulant little brat who is kind who kind of wants to be good but is tearing himself apart and he's to me to, to me it strikes me the opposite to me it strikes me the opposite he's a character who really wants to be bad well yeah that's what i mean he's he's unsure of what he wants to do or be but he just thinks that whatever he wants should be kind of handed to him yeah so that maybe i, I guess maybe his whim should started, be catered to and I started to feel, and and I guess that I mean, I started to feel a little bit better about him the second time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably also helps that you know, watching him get that you you want him to get his ass kicked more than anybody else. Oh yeah, and it's and it, it and it's not even, and that's even before he, uh, you know, he does his most evil act. You know, yeah, the. Uh, but then I did like the way the movie closed with him, where he. After he was injured by Chewbacca's bowcaster and was bleeding all over the place, he's punching mm-hmm. his side. Like, yeah. you can, because he starts to show that kind of ferocity that you want out of that character. So it's it's going to be interesting. I'm intrigued by the character. I want to see more. And yeah, I mean, the new characters I were more interesting than the old. And holding luke out of the entire movie basically was a great decision i think it was i actually was very happy with it because it allowed it allowed me to to still want something else from the old ones yep um without blowing that entire wad on the first movie um and unfortunately the 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 character that i the, the character that i i and it's and it has nothing to do with the character it has everything to do with the actress is the one i want to see less of is is uh Princess Leia. Yeah, um, I love me Carrie Fisher. I do. Um, but watching her in that movie was a little painful. A little painful. She's, uh, you know, you could definitely tell. You can kind of tell who's been acting a lot since mm-hmm. Star Wars and who hasn't been as much. And she doesn't really seem to have the. Uh, come across with the emotion that you would expect. Um, even this, even there's a certain fire. I mean, the fire that, uh, that the original princess Leia has a feel appears to be gone. Um, and, uh, so instead she just, she comes off as, she comes flat. She comes off as flat. She comes off as uh, flat. That's exactly it. And I would expect her not to have fire based on all the things that has happened to her. I mean, she, she won the rebellion, but everything still sucks. She lost her kid. You know, there's a lot of terrible things that have happened to her. So I expect some of that fire to be taken out of her. But she just, she came across as wooden. She came across as a prequel character, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's too bad because, I, again, I love Carrie Fisher. I love Princess Leia. Uh, but it just didn't really work for me. Yeah. So I, that was the. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they used her pretty sparingly. Yeah. Um, because uh, because Harrison Ford does a Harrison Ford does a great job. He does. He I could have seen less of him though. 
I could have seen less with him, less of him, but considering where they went with him, you know what? It was a grand it's finale. Okay. So yeah, you know. you know what? It's okay to give him a, a little bit more. Yeah, that, that that's a point I can agree on. Especially since his, you know, I mean, the the relationships relationships in that story, he he, he basically bore the proxy for both parents. Yeah. So he he he, uh, he carried both of them, both of the uh, sort of that interaction really. So he they ended up need you needed to have more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he was necessary for the way that they built that story with who Kylo Ren was, and you know, I mean, I think that that was necessary because they couldn't have had both of them there and pulled it off. Yeah, and one thing that there's a famous uh, uh, review online from max landis who wrote a couple of movies and some comics and stuff where he calls ray a mary sue which is possibly the dumbest argument um i could think of but i'm i'm interested in ray because there's something to her backstory that's hinted at several times uh han gives her some very curious glances and when they're at the thousand year old uh bartender's place uh what's her name uh maz i believe yeah maz turns to han and goes so who's the girl and the scene cuts so there's something there and i hope she's not luke's kid i hope that they simply have been protecting her maybe Mm -hmm. but i hope she isn't familial and i don't and you know what honestly i don't think that she would be um, I think it's uh, so. There, the rumor mill is a turning, um, and uh, there's plenty of people out there that want to say that she's. Uh, there's people out there who say want to say that she's a uh, um, Obi Wan's kid, and the reason they want to do that is they want to say that there was a quasi. Um, I guess in the Clone War series. There was a quasi romantic relationship between him and somebody else. Oh yeah, in that yeah. series. Mm-hmm. So they they want to, and I, I don't know the series. So I, I I've I've seen one episode of Clone Wars. Except that Ray would be older than Luke, so, yeah. so have to be a I'm, grandkid. Yeah, it'd be a gra- yeah, That's exactly it would be a grandkid. Uh, sorry, not not uh, that's yeah. right. Not Obi Wan's kid. Obi Wan's grandkid. Um, sorry. Um, the, uh, so that's the rumor that that's the one possibility that people are tossing around. Um, the, uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, Luke's kid, that's a little tough because mm-hmm. you, you have to make a strong case that Luke would abandon his kid. Yeah. And, you'd have um, to and make since a str- no, okay. and nobody, and nobody's mentioned Luke possibility of have, of Luke having a kid. And it seemed like that also would have had to have happened before Kylo Ren started killing people and luke would have been busy at that point training jedi it says it right in the movie so yeah that doesn't really hold with me but i suspect that luke lan luke lan han have some involvement in protecting her we just don't know what it is but calling her a mary sue because she doesn't face any real conflict and she's overly good at everything is an asinine argument because this is star wars the first movie uh episode one a six-year-old slave basically wins everything. Um, a six-year-old slave would not be good at anything because, one, they're six years old. Two, they're a slave. The fourth movie is about a sheltered farm boy who destroys the greatest weapon ever created. 
by, by jumping in and expertly piloting a spacecraft he's spacecraft. never flown because yeah. he's never left the planet before um so what because ray is a woman she's a mary sue no the star wars has a deuce ex machina built into the story it's called the force anytime the creator wants to create something that will motivate or move a character in a direction they use the force every time they need the character to face drama they either bring in more force from the opposite side or they deprive the character of force in some way star wars cannot be logically broke down broken down like that because it's a kid's story based in fantasy and mythology and it pisses me off that somebody would call Rey a Mary Sue simply because she's a girl. I mean, what does that make uh, Luke and Anakin super Mary Sues? <laughs> what was it? What was it? Somebody, I, I, I was curious. So I had never known what a Mary Sue was. Oh, okay. Uh, until this came up, I somehow that's passed me by. And the, the, I guess there was another term that was supposed to be for males, which was Gary or, Stu. Gary Stu. Yeah. <laughs> Just something stupid. But yeah. yeah, I, I, the, I, I, I saw that and I was like, uh, first of all, coming out of all this, I did not actually want to discuss the, um, I did not want to discuss the, uh, dig into the characters in any sort of analysis from, mm-hmm. from the point of view of, of, uh, you know, character development and, you know, anything that had to do with, uh, you know, clinically looking at the story. Um, just because I was having so much fun with it that I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to dig into that. Um, so I, I, kind of, I, kind of scrolled past. And, and uh, that's fair. Um, because the, with Star Wars, especially, uh, episode seven, Every Star Wars except for Episode Four has been created as part of a trilogy. We have two more movies coming. Some of the things that don't haven't been explained that we want to know, we just have to know them, will probably be explained in the following two movies. And this Max Landis guy uses this as an excuse to bash it again. He goes, that's not how movies work. That's how TV works. This guy's a jackass, honestly. Um, there's no other way to put it because Star Wars is essentially television that's shot in two-hour big-budget increments. It's made to be told in three pieces at a time. Same as Lord of the Rings, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, I mean, they are going to be coming out with some solo adventures, but they're, mm-hmm. they, they're, uh, <clears throat> they're all sort of ancillary. They're, yeah. It's uh, the main, the sort of the main trilogy, the, the main story, Seem goes on in trilogies, and you, uh, what you're gonna, what they're doing with Rogue One, and all this other stuff is all sort of on the side, telling some other little stories that are that people, you know, kind of want to geek out, do extra Star Wars geek out on. Yeah, well, there are stories that make you more interested in the trilogies. Yes, like how did the rebellion get the Death Star plans? Well, here we're gonna tell you. Hey, Boba Fett was a character everybody loved before George Lucas shat on him. Okay, how about we tell you, you know, what what happened to Boba Fett to make him Boba Fett? You know, stuff like that. Uh, They're all satellite pieces that orbit the main saga. And viewing Star Wars as a single movie, I just don't understand how anyone could use that as an argument. Because it's so obviously not the case. I mean, the moment George Lucas was successful with Star Wars, he didn't even title it 
episode one. He titled it episode four. I mean, obviously, <laughs> this is not a story meant to be told in single pieces. Yeah. So it, I. I uh, <clears throat> so yeah, there was some some silly comments about it, but I, yeah. I, I really overall, I'm 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 half very happy with the final product. Um, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a movie where um, one of the strongest endings to date for uh, for a J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, um, the uh, it has a a definite finality to you know as a, a a definite climax and uh, and a good and a good lead in to the say movie, this is where we're yeah it ends beautifully. And do you know next. where that shot? Uh, that's where my wife Rachel and I were going to yes. go in Ireland. That's Skellig Michael, yeah. and we were basically the seas were too high, and we could not go to that little island. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we knew mad. it was in Ireland. We just didn't know where. Um, when uh, when the island appeared, when they were flying up to it, I think Rachel and I both said "fuck" at the same time because it was so <laughs> heartbreaking that this movie that I've been waiting, you know. 30 years to see uh, is shot on a place just eight months ago that we were standing like on the shore, one tear rolling down our cheek, looking at the fucking Island, but we couldn't get there. <laughs> Knowing that they had filmed there. Yep. Well, they, um, we actually had, we didn't know they had filmed there at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We well, just okay. wanted to go now there because it's super okay. cool. Oh, yeah. Well, now, you know, yeah, now, you know, they filmed yeah. there. Hurt you just hurt hurts just a little bit more now. Stings yeah, just, just a, little a little bit. bit more. Uh, um, back to Star Wars episode eight is only a year and a half away, so that's cool. We don't have to wait three years. Oh. And uh, and yeah, Rogue One is next year. Uh, yeah, a year from now, essentially. Yeah. Then uh, Star Wars is thirty years and one day after the original release, episode eight. So oh, that's wow. kind of cool. Yeah, pretty cool. I, I I still I need to see the movie again just so I can see George Lucas's cameo. He's in it. He supposedly people, somebody said, and I somebody said, and I I haven't taken their word for it because I haven't been able to look at the uh, stare at the shot long enough. Mm-hmm. But they said he's in when uh, all everybody you everybody's waving at the at the end. That somebody said they oh. saw him in the crowd. Oh, interesting. Huh. I st- and uh, I still love, by the way, best use of Daniel Craig. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, for those of you that have uh, seen the movie, the stormtrooper who Ray uses the force to get him to uncuff her and drop the uh, gun, that is Daniel Craig. And uh, Simon Pe- and Simon Pegg is uh, in the biggest fat suit you would yep, have seen him ever in. The junk dealer. Yep. So, yeah, I uh, I didn't know that was Daniel Craig when I first saw him. No, neither did I. Somebody told me later, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's just great. It's great. Uh, the, uh, you know, a way, a way to put in a character that might, uh, you know, if you saw their face, it might take you out of it a little bit. And uh, the way, the great way for them to, to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were filming Spectre at the same time as The Force Awakens on the same uh, soundstage. Uh, okay. So Daniel Craig just essentially walked over and he's like, hey, JJ, I want to be in your movie. Yep. <laughs> Abrams is like, yep, okay. Grab some gear. <laughs> We're making you a stormtrooper. That's just great. 
I like the by the way. There's a small thing. I like the call back to Porkins. Yeah, Grunberg. Yeah. Yeah. There's one overweight yeah. X-wing pilot. That's a JJ uh, Abrams like good friend from elementary school or something. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, he. Uh, yep. Yeah. I was. I saw an uh, read or uh, heard an interview with him. So yep. I thought there was there was actually another overweight uh, uh, X-wing pilot. I thought. The, uh, no, that was actually just him. I think uh, oh, just... he was. He had some speaking lines in mm-hmm. uh, the kind of you know mission briefing, but then he was also in the X wing, mm. uh, and I think it was him every time. But I could be wrong. There's a lot to take in on this movie. There is. Uh, this is uh, one of those when it when it is uh, available for home watching. Yeah, uh, it'll be put on in the it'll be watched a few times and then put on in the background a few more it was a hell of a way to reboot the uh or not reboot revive the franchise and yes abrams did everything i could have hoped his and his biggest regret not directing eight yep (laughs) which i mean is no surprise because you look at how seven ends and you say to yourself okay now now that han is gone we're going to see new, more than new characters. We're going to find out what Luke's been doing. How is 8 not going to be better? Yeah. I mean, it is set up as perfectly as a movie can be to just kick ass from the moment it hits go. And it, it's, I mean, it just seems like the um, that 9 should be almost entirely free of old characters. Yep. The uh, the only there's only one character that I kind of see going for the uh, going farther Chewbacca, Chewbacca, because yep. um, because as much as the, and I'm so glad they kept using Peter Mayhew, but you know at some point you can put somebody else in the suit. Well, he did have a, a stunt a stunt Chewie, if you will, because yeah. uh, I believe he's too frail to. Uh, yeah, he had both the knees replaced. Stuff. Yeah, he's he's in rough shape physically. <clears throat> And then you also, of course, have. I mean, you almost cannot get rid of C three PO and R two. They will always be there. The uh, if you if you kill one or the other of them, the fans will hate you. Yeah. Um, the uh, they, how, however, they did a good job of shifting the focus to a different droid. Yep. Yep. I mean, they transitioned. Other than I would have liked to have seen Han a little bit less, but that's just a personal preference because he's not coming back, folks. So. Um, but other than that, they transitioned everything about as well as I could have hoped they would. Yeah. And they made me care about the new cast as much as I cared about the old cast in the old movies. Yes. Um, and they introduced cute elements that did not, that did not overwhelm the story. Did not Jar Jar. Yeah, did not charge her. I think everybody got that lesson. It's like you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody will be interested to see what the hell happened to Captain Phasma because she had to survive simply because that character could not have been that underused. No, she's and they, they've actually said it. The uh, some of the people behind the movie, she's their Boba Fett. Oh, uh, okay. She's going to start out with a small role and become more of a player as the uh, series goes along yeah so the uh she's so, just too yeah. badass looking to yeah she is one of those characters what is it the you can't introduce a character like that and not have the character do something yep 
the uh, um, because she does almost nothing for that story. Yeah, she's a showstopper the moment she appears, and you have to know more about her. Yes. And that's one of the beauties of Star Wars is she's one of those characters that they did a good job in this movie. Um, it didn't have quite – I don't think it had quite the same impact of uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back of the universe was so lived in that there were several characters who you saw them and you wanted to know more because they looked lived in. You know, that character has a history and I want to know what it is. Captain Phasma is one of those characters. Yeah. And I, I, I'm think I, I'm just thinking that I think she's going to be a second movie character that she's going to, she's going to have a bit, a bigger, a much bigger role in the second I suspect, movie. Yeah. Just, I suspect so. You can't sleep her for two movies. No, no, definitely not. But oh my god, stop using flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> they look stupid. Um yes, I thought the same thing. I'm like flame troopers, really guys? Come on. We abandoned flamethrowers in like Vietnam. Uh I would hope you guys have moved on, although I did love the riot trooper who fights Finn with the lightsaber. Oh yes, the See, riot was, trooper was super cool. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, the uh, in in case of Jedi, <laughs> in case of Jedi, break out wand. Yeah, and one of the really nice touches that I want to give uh, Abrams and company props for is neither Finn nor Ray had handled a lightsaber, but they both handled them very differently based on who the character was. Finn was a a stormtrooper who presumably had riot trooper training and therefore fought like the riot trooper did. Whereas Rey walked around with a staff and fought more in the style of she would with the staff. And I thought it was one of those cool little touches that I was like, wow, there's a visual difference in how they're fighting. And it makes sense with the history of each character. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. It was a good. Well, it was a good lead into. It was a good lead in, lead into explain why they could actually would could use the thing. Yes. So, and um, I had to say that there was a there was a good thematic uh, of Kylo Ren's lightsaber mirrors the character. Yep, it's it is jaggy. It's sputtery. It's confused almost. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is it is it is a raging lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It is constantly angry. Yeah. Um the uh and it it, it is uh, it fits the how petty oh best sight gag in the movie. Hmm. These stormtroopers that all of a sudden decide that they've got something else to patrol yes. in another direction. Oh god, that was so good. Yes. <laughs> like yep, something over here needs patrolling. Yep. <laughs> Because it's something that everybody wanted to see in Empire Strikes Back because the audience sat there and said, who wants to work for Vader? That is way too dangerous. Nobody wants that gig. And sure enough, Abrams gives the audience that sight gag they've been waiting 35 years to see. (laughs) That's two stormtroopers going, "Uh uh-oh, force-sensitive dude is raging. We're going to go the other way. Nope, we're not here. We're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But you you know there was there was some small touches is that Kylo Ren didn't actually kill people that irritated him. Yep. The um, there is something he 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 was something that he is not he is not completely Vader. 
No. He wants to be. He wants to be. The uh, but he can't completely bring himself to do it. The uh, even people he brings to him and, and hurts him whatnot. He he. It's just like there's a one step. He'd rather take it out on a console. Yep. Where Vader would have turned around and choked the guy who told him yep. the news. Yeah. There's the the universe feels lived in and it feels real again. And that's yep. one of the things that was missing from the prequels. The characters feel. <laughs> There's a reason why they're doing everything, and the, the prequels just mi- were missing that. So, uh, all right, next uh, next episode, I hope to see more Poe, mm-hmm. or at least you know, make him worth appear the all the uh, kind of the hype he has in the yeah in first in the first one. Um, the uh, well, you're going to get a lot less Han. Yeah, a lot uh, less. A lot less. Um, I imagine. Hope. I hope. Uh, I probably won't see a ton of Carrie Fisher, but we probably will see a, a, a bit more. Mark. We'll see more Mark Hamill. Yeah, I would think so. But I hope we see Mark Hamill about as much as we see Yoda. I suspect. Um, yeah, a mix between Yoda and Obi Wan. Yeah. So um, the uh, yeah should be in- it should be interesting. The. Um, Making uh, this entire movie a Luke fetch quest was the best idea. I yeah. just can't get over how good of an idea that was. Yeah, uh, avoid avoided having that character take over, um, and uh, everybody want to look at that character instead. Pop him up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi. Oh, there he was. <laughs> and for the people, one of the things that baffles me about some of the complaints about the movie is everybody's too good at everything. Like, Finn could handle a lightsaber. Ray could handle a lightsaber. Am I the only one who noticed that the name of this movie is The Force Awakens? I mean, that to me, that was the whole point of the movie, is that to create some kind of balance, the Force has either gone dormant or something has happened, but there's this whole league of bad guys, but there are no good guys. And the Force is in turmoil, essentially, and it's awakening in these characters and it's interesting that we don't know if finn is force sensitive or not did you get the did you get the one of the places where uh where kylo ren was the most was so pissed off uh because it was the stormtrooper because he had looked at the stormtrooper yep he had sensed there was something wrong about him and then that stormtrooper eventually did something and he did not kill that stormtrooper the first time he saw him yep and he was really, really pissed off about it. And there's another part that I find interesting is uh, when he starts choking the guy and he says, is there anything else? He said, yes, sir, there was a girl. And he pulls him over and starts choking him. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that everybody has some idea of who Ray is, except for Ray. <laughs> and I, I'm just curious to see you know, what that is going to play out as. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just really... I um there's a lot of little intricacies to the story that I thought were were great. So I don't know when I'm gonna see it again. I probably will be seeing it again. Yeah, I'll probably wait until it goes on cheap theaters. I saw it twice in the you know, in normal theater. I'll probably give it a month or two to kind of stew in my mind and then I'll go see it in a cheap theater and then watch it a billion times when it comes out on Blu ray. Yep. So yeah. 
the uh, but it's worth watching. I mean, by the oh my, I you know it had me and it, it that movie had me and it would not let go the second that they the when they took off on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that fight right there, I, I was like, okay, the movie can do whatever it wants by this point. After this <laughs> point, I, I really don't care. You mean when Ray and, um, uh, Ray and Finn? Yeah, Ray and Finn take yeah. off in it. Um, that little moment that it got me. I, I couldn't. I, I the movie could not let me go after that. The movie had a couple great reveals and the two characters running and saying, not that it's a piece of junk. And then the ship they're running to blows up and it just pans sideways. And they say, okay, the garbage and it pans over and it's the Falcon just sitting there. A great reveal. The best reveal in the movie has to be three PO. Han and Leia see each other for the first time in years. And there's these, you know, furtive glances and stares at one another. And three PO pops his head right in the middle and says, hello, sir. (laughs) Just, the entire audience burst into hysterical laughter when I was watching it. Yep. It's just, I mean, it's just, it hits so many of the right notes. I just wish there would have been a little bit more new characters and characterization. Other than that, I mean, I loved it. You know, uh, second time around, I can say I, I actually loved it. Yeah. So uh, I'm uh, I'm a big fan. I, I'm, uh, I want to see, uh, I want to see it more. More. <laughs> more, more, more. When can more. it come out on Blu-ray? Right now? I'd like to see it right yeah. now. Yeah, see, see, I, I, have to t- I have to tell you that, that it's really tough when you're like, I, c- I could find it somewhere on the internet. Maybe I could find it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I need my fix. I'm jonesing. Yep. But anyway, well, I, we should probably get out of here. We're running, uh, we're running way over. This is our longest podcast ever, I think. So, That's I, only a little over an hour, I think. Yeah, hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have anything else left to say about Star Wars? <sighs> no, I'm good. I'm, okay. I, I, I think I've got it all out. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at schlockworks.com where you can view our podcast archives or check in on some of our other projects. If you're so inclined, drop by iTunes or Stitcher or give us a review. We thank you forever and... We should be back in two weeks with an undisclosed comic. Uh, This is our last podcast of the year, obviously, and we'll see you next year. I'm Brock Beauchamp. Have a happy new year. 2015 is uh, put to bed. And who are you? Nick Hemsing. Bye-bye.